And I'm going to just be honest with you. Uh, Pastor Dixie was scheduled to preach tonight, um, and she she was uh, not feeling well, um, I think Monday or yesterday, uh, and she was feeling a little bit better. And then today she came to the office, she said, I'm feeling better. And I told her, I said, look, Dixie, if you, you know, you're not feeling good, just let us know. So she said, Brandon, I am in, uh, I'm in the office this morning. Uh, it was about mid to late morning, but she said, I'm sorry, we won't be able to preach tonight. And so, of course, since, as you can see, Pastor Kelly's back, uh, you know, but he's still with his ears. He can't be in here. It's still kind of sensitive. He's at men's supper. Pastor Rob's here working at the office, uh, but he still can't be back, you know, after going through chemo, the doctor's being careful. He's hopeful he'll be able to be back soon. Um, and so Pastor Todd and him were out on some time. So that leaves me. So I had meetings all day long and uh, I did not have time to prepare a message for tonight. So I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? So the good thing is, is I've preached one or two messages before tonight and the Lord spoke to me and he showed me, he, I mean, I'm telling you, I say he spoke to me, a message that I preached four years ago popped in my head and you know what, you want to know what the name of it is? And I think it's appropriate for this week. It's called He's With You in the Storm. Come on, somebody. I think that's an appropriate message for this, for this week. Amen. I preached this message literally almost uh, to the month of uh, four years ago. He's with you in the storm. And I looked over it and, and, and just reviewed it. But I thought, man, with another, what is it going to be? The 10th name storm that hits the U.S.? If it does hit the U.S. this year, I think they said, right, we'll break a record for a hurricane season. Again, par for the course for 2020, right? And so I just feel like the Lord wants me to share this with you again tonight. I heard a pastor say uh, one time, and and I don't I don't do this all the time, and it, I try to if I and I have preached messages more than once before. I mean, hey, it's all the word. It's still the word of God's living and true and active, right? It's not just for one time. One time I heard, I think it was Pastor Larry. Somebody said one time that they asked him, "Man, why are you why are you preaching the same messages?" He said, "Why are you sing the same songs, right?" It's like, that's good, right? We sing the same songs a lot, so, right? So it's the word of God. And so, um, and again, they say, which is, this is such a bad stat for a pastor, anybody that preaches. They say people forget 90% of what you say within the first 24 hours. That's a very discouraging stat as a pastor that, or somebody that preaches. So I'm pretty sure if I, you were here when I preached this four years ago, you might have not remembered it anyway. And if you did, as the apostle Paul said, I'm going to stir you up by way of reminder. Amen? But I do think it's appropriate again. To, to look at this. And of course, you know, this was, this story was about a physical a weather storm. And again, I think it is appropriate, but the parallel of just storms, especially with a year like 2020. What do we do when we have storms raging in our lives or another storm in the Gulf bearing down on us? I believe the word of God, like anything else in life, shows us. Mark 6, 45 through 52 says this. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and head across the lake to Bethsaida while he sent the people home. After telling everyone goodbye, he went up to the hills by himself to pray. Late that night, the disciples were in their boat in the middle of the lake and Jesus was alone on land. He saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind. I like that, that line right there. He saw they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and the waves. You ever been in a place in your life where you felt like you were rowing hard, and, but you were struggling? You ever been there? Some of you may be there even tonight. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. He intended to go past them, but then they saw in him walking on the water. They cried out in terror, thinking he was a ghost. They were all terrified when they saw him. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Then he climbed into the boat and the wind stopped. They were totally amazed for they still didn't understand the significance of the miracle of the loaves. Their hearts were too hard 
to take it in. Why don't we pray over our time in the Word? Let's pray over Pastor Dixie as well and pray she's home resting for a full recovery. I, I told her just to go home and rest and, and, and take it easy. Father, we thank you, Lord, for tonight. Thank you for our time together. Lord, I do thank you for your Word, that your Word is timeless, that it's true. It's living, active, and powerful, and sharp, sharper than any two-edged Word. Uh, any two-edged sword, Father, I pray you help me as I preach your word tonight. Lord God, give me fresh revelation, unction, illustrations, and just clarity to present it to your people. Lord, I know there's people in here and maybe watching online that may be, Lord, in a, in a storm in their life, be it spiritual, mental, physical, emotional, uh, relational, Lord God. And we know there's another storm that we're believing in faith, Lord God, that doesn't touch our state. Lord, in Jesus' name, we pray as we get in your word, show us and speak to us what to do. I pray total healing upon Pastor. Pastor Dixie, that she would get rest and that her body would be rejuvenated. We continue to pray for Miss Carol, pray for a miracle in her life, for Mr. Don, a miracle, Don and Como. Uh, we pray for a miracle that in his brain and his whole life and that Miss Tina, Pastor Rob, Pastor Kelly would all be fully recovered, healed, healthy, and whole. For we know you bore stripes in your back so they could all be healed, Lord. We entrust them, their health in this night into your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Of course, we all go through storms in life, right? It could be death, divorce, abuse, rejection, sickness, financial illness, now COVID, or of course, hurricanes, right? Right? It could be a literal or a, a, some other storm. We often struggle through the storms of life. That's why I love that line where it says that we often struggle when storms hit. We often struggle. Sometimes we struggle. Even, I don't know about you, if I can just be real tonight, when you see, and I didn't even check it today, I, I think I checked it this morning, storm was still over Yucatan, I don't even know what it's doing right now, but you start struggling with like, okay, man, another storm, where is it going to hit? What do we do? Are we going to have more relief? Are we, at my house, do we need to board up? Do we need to, there, all these different kind of things going on in your, in your mind, or, or maybe it's another kind of storm, and you may struggle with your faith, maybe with depression. I literally just met with a guy uh, before service, and he was telling me that his wife struggling with, with depression, maybe anger, her addiction, or a plethora of other ways we struggle when the storms of life hit. These storms cause us to be troubled in our emotions, our minds, our bodies even, and even in our spirit. I talked to another gentleman today and his wife uh, uh, dealing with... Um, my mind went blank now. Uh, what you call those when you get stressed? Ulcers. Right? Dealing with a bunch of ulcers like in their esophagus or something and the, 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 the doctors thinks it's from stress. You know, when, when you, when you get stressed, when storms come, it, it manifests physically in your body. Right? So we, we, we struggle these ways. Look at what verse 48 again. He said he saw they were in serious trouble rowing hard and struggling against the wind. That's three descriptive things there. When storms come, sometimes we get in some serious trouble. We're, we 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 try in our own strength. They were rowing hard in their own strength. They were trying to get out of this storm and the trouble they were in, but they were struggling against the wind. So again tonight, I want to encourage you that he's with you in the storm. He's with you. If you're in a storm right now, he's with you. If the storm comes this week, he's going he's to be with us, right, or after, or whatever other storm comes. See, this story is a manifestation of Jesus' glory to his disciples. It's also a rescue story, a story about the disciples' lack of understanding. I love it. It always happens. We just sang a song, had no idea. I called, and you answered, and came to my rescue. Come on, somebody. This is a rescue story that we just, we just sang about it, now we're reading about See, the Lord wants to reveal his glory to me and you and to rescue us as well. 
It may just be a mental storm you're going through and nobody else knows. You're the only one that knows about it, but in your mind you're struggling mentally. The Lord wants to come to your rescue. I also believe we have a lack of understanding about the storms that we go through. So I want to try to clear up a few things tonight and maybe some misunderstandings about the storms of life we go through. Number one, he knows exactly what storms are coming. See, he knows exactly what storms are coming. Again, you open up news or somebody tells you, man, there's another hurricane in the Gulf. And we're like, wait, what? Another one? I have no idea, right? Or something happens. You know, just recently, it seemed like in just a couple of weeks, Y'all know one phone call could change the whole trajectory of your day and of your week, right? Of your month and sometimes even your life. It just takes one phone call to start a storm in your life, right? One text message. But we need to take comfort that the Lord knows exactly what storms are coming. Mark 6, 45. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and head across the lake to Bethsaida while he sent the people home. When Jesus told them to get back into the boat and cross the lake, he knew that they would run into the storm, right, because he knows everything. He wasn't caught off guard by the storm. He told them, get back in the boat. Think about this. He knew there would be a storm, but he told them to go ahead and get in that boat. He knew exactly what was coming. See, just because we're caught off guard by storms in our lives, we must remember that Jesus Jesus isn't caught off guard at all. See, you got to remember and, and when, I, when I first heard this and got this revelation, it's helped me so much. The Lord is not confined by space and time. So actually, he's already there. When we say, Lord, be with me. I got this major thing tomorrow, next week. Would you be with me, Lord? The Lord's already in next week. He created time. He's outside of time and space. I know that's hard for us to wrap our finite brains around, but it's true. He's outside of time and space. So technically, the Lord is already there. And that should bring us comfort. So not only does he know, he's already there. See, he knew what 2020 would look like, yet he still created us to live in a period like this. Right? He knew it. He knew that exactly what this year would hold. And I'm telling you, just in the last, like, just today, I'm telling you, just today, I've heard two or three people say, man, I'm just ready to be done with 2020. I'm just ready for it to be over, man. I'm ready for 2021. And as a hunter, I'm like, wait, no, this, this year has been all jacked up. I, I, we ain't getting rid of hunting season, right? I'm hoping at least in good on a good hunting season. Amen? Come on, that's just my little side thing. I know the Lord's doing a bunch of good stuff as well. Great stuff, right? But it's like, no, let's not chalk up the rest of the year and just try to barely drag ourselves to the finish line. The Lord knew it was coming in 2020, and he chose to create me and you in this point in history and put us here. That should encourage you. It encourages me. I mean, when I wanted to like, you know, complain like, God, why would you ask me to start pastoring this church in such a crazy year as this? I was reminded he chose me to start pastoring and turn such a crazy year as this. Because me and you were created for such a time as this. So that should encourage us. All these storms, all these records we're breaking in a bad way. The Lord knew that me and you would be here during this time. And as a plan. And there's a purpose for that, right? So we should take comfort no matter what storm you're in. And we're going to talk about our what storm's coming. The Lord already knows and he's already there. And number two, which that should bring us courage. Number two, he comes to us in the storm. I love this. He comes to us in the storm. Yeah, he knows he's coming. He allows us to walk into them. But it shows us here in Mark 6, 48, that he comes to us in the storm. He saw that they were in serious trouble. 
rowing hard and struggling against the wind and waves. And about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. I love that. And I just caught that, just seeing that. He came to them in the storm in a miraculous way. Come on, Jesus didn't just show up in his little P-Row, in his little John, you know, John boat, in his little 15 uh, horsepower motor. He showed up in a miraculous way. He came walking on the water. See, oftentimes we hear, and I say, and it's true, that we need to go to the Lord in tough times, and this is true. But we see here, it's the Lord's heart to come to us when we're struggling the most. When we struggle the most and we need him most, the Lord comes toward us. He moved. The Bible says in Psalms that he's close to the brokenhearted. So that tells us that the brokenhearted, those that are struggling, those that are hurting, those that are in the thick of the storm, the Lord draws close to those more than ever. You know, just I just finished reading through James again, and, and, and it's the theme of James. Humble yourself before God. Just a few verses, James tells us to humble ourselves four or five times. Why? Because when we're humble ourselves and we're struggling, that's who the Lord comes to. He opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And a lot of times when you're struggling, or, or if you don't humble yourselves, we don't humble ourselves, then guess what? We begin to struggle and we get humbled, right? We see this also in the story that Jesus tells about the prodigal son. He tells the parable of the prodigal son in Luke 15, 20. This is Jesus speaking. He said, so he returned home to his father, the prodigal. And while, I love this, one of my favorite verses, literally one of my favorite lines in the Bible. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. Come on, that, that right there, that line right there, you see the Lord came to the prodigal because it was a story. The father, Jesus was telling this, the father was God, the prodigal was far off. And he, when, when he, he was still afar off, he saw him and he ran to him. That should break any legalistic religious thought that you got to be all right and have things together and get your act together before you come back to God. Amen? If you've ever thought that, if somebody tries to tell you that, take him to Luke 15, 20. In the words of Jesus, while we were still afar off, the Lord came running to us. Even if you or you know somebody that's, that, that, let me just encourage you. This, I didn't even plan on talking about this, but it's a side note. If you got a prodigal son and daughter, a literal son or daughter, or a friend that you're trying to encourage, listen. Any little bit that you see that they're turning back to the Lord, encourage them in that. Pray for them. Any little sign, because I believe, I look at it like this. The prodigal's walking away from the Lord. And as soon as he turns and, and his attention back to the Lord, I believe the Lord starts making his way back. He's running. He's, he's coming towards us. He's coming towards you. He's coming towards that prodigal. Because that prodigal was in the middle of a storm, right? But his storm was a pig slop pin. A pig pin with slop in it, right? That was his storm. He blew all his money. He was, he thought his dad would never forgive him. He thought that, that, that he would just have to be a servant. But the, the, the father's heart is that this is the key too. This is the kicker. The part about this is the prodigal son storm was caused by his own decisions. Come on, somebody. See, there's some storms of life we, we didn't have nothing to do with, right? This big storm in the Gulf. And some things happen to us in life with nothing to do. But sometimes we end up in the pig's pen because of our own decisions. And yet still the Lord runs to us. 
to help get us out of it. Amen? Now, the prodigal finally came to his senses, and I pray that. By the way, and if, you ever, if you're praying for a prodigal son and daughter, I pray the scripture. Lord, cause them to come to their senses, because that's what the Bible says. He came to his senses, which I believe was supernatural. Finally, he got revelation. And when he got out of that pig spin and turned to the Lord, even though it was own choices, he blew his money on drinking and partying and prostitutes, yet the Lord ran to him in the middle of his self-inflicted storm and wrapped his arms around him, kissed him, hugged him, put the robe of righteousness, a ring on him, celebrated, had a big party. So this is another great picture how the Lord comes to us in the middle of our storm. But not only does it come to us, he comforts us. You've heard me share this, another one of my favorite scriptures, my go-to at any funeral I do, because I, I, I'm a testimony of this scripture through and through. Second Corinthians 1, 3, and 4, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When we, when they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. Amen. He comes to us in the storm and he comforts us in the storm. Literally, even this physical storm, some of you may be nervous, some of you out there, maybe you're dealing with some worry or a little bit of fear or uncertainty. What do we need to do? What's going to happen with this storm? Come on, the Lord, he don't want to wait till the storm comes. He wants to comfort you right now. If you've been having a little bit of worry, a little bit of nervousness, a little bit of anxiety, come on, we're going to pray and we're going to rebuke that. And whether it be COVID, I talked to a family member that lives in another state today, and she's been like bound up with, with fear over COVID. Barely has left and hadn't gone eating and hadn't gone to church, but she's, you know, watching online. She's connected to a church where she lives and, and her pastor's been helping her through it. And my wife and I talked to her today, but listen, I just want to, I just, I just want to pray against that spirit of fear because the Lord will come to you in the storm and even before it and bring us comfort. Jesus comforted his disciples and he will do the same for us. Mark 6 50. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid. He said, take courage. For I am here. Amen. If you're discouraged, the opposite of, of being discouraged is encouraged. And he's saying, take courage. I am here. The reason we get encouraged, the ways that we could take courage or get courage is knowing that the Lord is right here with us. Another mystery of the Lord, he can be outside of time and space and in next week and still right here with us. Right here inside of us. The Lord is with us. Jesus, is com Jesus comforted them by encouraging them and reassuring them that he was with them. Amen? So number one, we need to know uh, that the Lord knows. He's not caught off guard, knows when the storms are coming. He comes to us in the middle of the storm. And then the third thing that I love this, he stops the storm from within the storm. He stops the storm from within the storm. Look what it says. Mark 6, 51, and this ties into the, this last, the last point we just read. Then he climbed into the boat and the wind stopped and they were totally amazed. See, the storm didn't stop when he was on the bank, but when he was in the boat. Okay, I don't think you got that. The storm didn't stop when he was in the bank, but when he was in the boat. Jesus loves to get in the boat with us. Come on, he don't want to just, he don't want to just show up again and, and, or, or do things he can from the throne of heaven, but he wants to get all up in the mix with us. In the middle of the storm, he didn't, he could have commanded the storm to stop from the bank of, of the, uh, of, of the sea, right? He could have just been from there, spoke the word, said, peace be still. But no, he walked on water, did a miraculous thing, climbed in the boat, and then he stopped the storm. When he got in the boat, the wind stopped, and they were totally amazed. See, not only does he meet us in the storm, but he wants to get into the boat with us because this speaks of closeness. 
See, in some of the greatest storms of life is when we experience some of the greatest intimacy in life with the Lord, some of the greatest closeness. You may be in the storm of your life right now, but I encourage you, Jesus is in the boat with you. He's in that boat with you. Stop trying to get out of the storm and get close to Jesus while in it. Some of you, that's the, that's the one thing you need to take away tonight. Stop trying to get out of the storm and get close to the Lord while you're in it. Because some storms rage for, for a long time and we can't see the end. We don't know when it's going to end. Some cross over the gulf and pick up intensity, right? But instead of asking the Lord, now I'm still going to rebuke this storm that's out there and I don't want the hurricane hitting us again, okay? I'm talking about like that and I want y'all to continue to come in agreement with me. Anybody's like looking forward to another hurricane? I didn't think so. Okay, so y'all can come in agreement. We can pray together. But the storms of life. See, sometimes we focus on the storm stopping instead of what the Lord can do while we're in the midst of the storm. See, if you stop and think about it, maybe that's why the Lord said to get into the boat. And he knew the storm was coming. Because he knew in that moment he can, one, perform two miracles because he walked on water, stopped the storm. But you know what? He got in the boat with him. Sometimes he allows us to go through the storm because that's when we allow him to come in the closest. So again, stop trying to get out of the storm and get close to the Lord in it. I believe that this is the Lord's greatest desire for us when we go through the storms. I've said this before, but this I heard this story about a lady and it it. it it rocked me, but it's so true. If we can, if we can have this kind of thought pattern, if we can have this kind of mentality and in a heart, uh, uh, in a, in I guess a perspective in the middle of the storms of life. There was a lady whose, whose, uh, child was tragically killed in a car accident. And for years she dealt with grief. For years she, she cried out to the Lord and, 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 and she began to seek the Lord and begin to ask the Lord, why did this happen? Why was her, her child tragically killed in a car accident? Over the years, the Lord began to heal her and, and she, she began to deal with it and, and begin to accept it and begin to walk with the Lord in a closer way. And she said, after all those years, she kept asking the Lord, why did you take my child? And she said this, she said, you know what? The Lord never answered me, but I got closer to the Lord like I never did. And then me having the answer didn't even matter anymore. That's the essence of what we can get out of walking through tragedy and storms in our lives. Because I heard, a, also I heard a man of God say, you know, when people ask why, what they're really saying is make the pain stop. A lot of times we don't really want to know why. It's, it just hurts so bad. We can't wrap our brains around it. We think a why would help, but sometimes the why doesn't help. A lot of times the why, sometimes the why, if we knew the answer, would just make it worse. And maybe that's why the Lord's sparing us. But ultimately, I just want to encourage you tonight, if you're here, if you're watching online, like this lady, you may have been asking, why Why am I in the midst of this storm? Why is this storm keep raging? Why do we keep on having storm after storm after storm? But the better thing is, what if we just draw closer to the Lord during it, and at the end of it all, the why won't even matter? You know, I experienced this as well, you know, at a time, um, uh, and a lot of y'all probably heard this as well, but... Uh, you know, it's been, I don't know, maybe 11, 12 years ago now uh, when my brother pa uh, tragically passed away. And and right before that, I just felt I was in ministry here. I was a youth pastor. And I just felt like, I don't know, I was just in just just a spiritual lull. Like I, I wasn't backslidden or nothing. I was still serving the Lord. I was in ministry. But I just, 
I didn't have that fire. I felt like I wasn't close with the Lord. I was, I was young. I was going through a lot of like insecurity, you know, as, as a, as a, as a youth pastor and trying to just figure out just ministry. You know, I didn't have any ministry background experience. I was a painter and coming into ministry and I, and, and I was just struggling with a lot of different things. And I just felt like my prayer time was just going through the motions and praying about ministry and what I needed and what I wanted to see and what I wanted the Lord to do. I had been praying that the Lord would break me. I knew it's a good prayer to pray. You know, he says, a broken and contract, Christ, broken and contract spirit, he will not refuse or turn down. And, you know, my brother tragically passed away. You know, during that time and that season of my life, as, as bad, as crazy as a storm that was, I had drew closer to the Lord like I never had before at that time. I mean, there was days, and y'all have heard me talk about this, there was days it was during prayer and fast, and he actually died on his 33rd birthday. He died on his birthday. It was during prayer and fasting, January 15th. And there was days I'd come up to the office and I'd just go to one of the prayer rooms and I'd pray. But a lot of times I would just cry. I was just so broken, you know, not only for my own, you know, my brother passing, but his daughter was only like eight years old uh, at the time. And, you know, my mom, her firstborn son, and of course his widow and just the tragedy of it. But man, through it all, I drew closer to the Lord like never before. Those were some precious, precious times. So the Lord can use these storms, and he, he, he can not only stop the storms, but he, we, through the storms, he can draw us closer. So increased intimacy in it itself is enough, but here's what we can expect when we get close to him during the storm. We can, we'll be encouraged to go through the storm, as I said, instead of trying to get out of it. Mark 6.50, but Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said, take courage. The opposite, I just said this earlier, I got ahead of my notes. The opposite of being encouraged is discouraged. So when we get discouraged for long period of times, it can lead to a hard heart. If, if you constantly discourage, the Bible talks about our consciences can become seared and our hearts can become hard. So that's why it's so important to allow Jesus in your boat and draw close to him in the storm. Because if you just keep your eyes on the storm, the wind, the waves, and then as I'm thinking about these hurricanes and liken it to a, a, a storm in our life, storms bring destruction, right? People get hurt in storms. There's a lot of destruction. There's devastation in storms. Right. If we just focus on the devastation and the destruction that's going on inside of us or around us in the middle of the storm, we can become hard hearted. But if we allow the Lord to encourage us and take courage, you know, we can even gain strength during the storm. Amen. Mark 6, 51, 52. Then he climbed into the boat and the wind stopped. They were totally amazed for they still didn't understand the significance of a miracle. He already did two miracles here. And he references another one. This is why. Because their hearts were too hard to take it in. Their hearts had become hard. See, he, they, the disciples saw all kind of miracles happen already, yet whenever he climbed in a boat and stopped it, they were amazed, like, wow, couldn't, you know, but the Bible says it's because their hearts were too hard to take it all in. There's a worship song, it's another hill song, and I love it. There's a line in that song that says, I won't let the storm weather my heart. I love that. I won't let the storm weather my heart. You know, when we, we, we go through the storms of life, it could tatter our hearts, it could weather it, it can harden our hearts, or it can soften our hearts and draw us closer to him. And we can be more resilient. Amen. Kind of like they said about an oak tree, the Bible likens us to trees planted by the rivers, right? I, I have two huge oak trees and, and, you know, it's one of the things in which they, they, you know, my wife, she gets concerned about the trees around during storms, which thankfully our next door neighbor cut all the pine trees after Laura, praise the Lord. And so, um, but I look at it this way. These oak trees, they figure somewhere from 80 to 90 years old, 60 to 70 years old. Those trees have weathered a lot of storms. 
And they say with an oak tree that every time a storm comes, the roots go deeper and it gets even stronger. You know, and so the, 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 the Bible likens us as trees that can be planted and, and rooted in the Lord. So when storms come, we actually shouldn't get withered or hardened, but actually get stronger with more perseverance to go through. Amen. Y'all tracking with me? We'll see the Lord. The next thing is we'll see the Lord for who he really is. The last thing Jesus said in Mark 650 is, I am here. The Greek reads, I am, or the I am is here. So listen to this. Because Jesus walking on water and stilling the storm was miraculous, Mark's original readers would have understood what he was saying in the original language. The I am as a parallel to God's self-description in the Old Testament books of Exodus, Deuteronomy, and Isaiah. So they knew that Jesus was proclaiming his deity in that moment. When he says, I am here, he was saying, the I am is here. That I'm God, the Lord is here, right here in your midst. And that's what Mark was getting across. See, when we get close to Jesus in the midst of our storms, we'll get to see him and experience him in all his glory. Amen. You know, we come to church to experience the Lord of services, but sometimes it's in the darkest, dirtiest, messiest, most destructive areas of life that we see God glorified. Amen. In the biggest storms of life, we get to see him for who he really is. So as I close, you've probably heard this. It's been said. Everyone is either in a storm, just coming out of a storm or about to go into one. That's not the most encouraging line, you know, to end with. But isn't that life? Isn't that true? That's pretty much the cycle of life. Either you're in a storm, you just came out of a storm, or you're about to go into one. Or you're tracking another one on your phone like every 10 minutes, right? That's more prevalent to where we're at right now as well, right? And it's true. See, if you're going through a storm right now, or you're concerned about the one in the Gulf, remember that you're a child of the Lord, child of the Most High God. The Lord is with you, and you're not alone. Stop trying to get out of it. And draw closer to the Lord in the midst of it. See, the Lord wants to get in your boat. For some of us tonight, some of you at home maybe, that's where you need to start. Maybe Jesus has never been in, in your boat. And you never accepted the Lord as your personal Lord and Savior. You know, sometimes, like I said with the prodigal son, the storms of life have to do with our own decisions. It's our own cycle of sin and rebellion against the Lord because we've never stopped and said, Lord, I'm sorry for the way I'm living. I turn away and I turn to you. Would you do me a favor and bow your head, close your eyes, even at home. If you're tuned in online at home, why don't you close your eyes with me? Maybe you've been going through storm after storm after storm and Jesus has never been in your boat because you've never asked him to come in. The boat can be symbolic of your life, of your heart. And you need to do that today. You know, when we see major storms brewing in the Gulf, we know there's a potential of loss of life. And that's why I'm praying against this storm. But what if it's this storm or another storm or a car accident or anything else? Because it, we don't need a major hurricane. We know crazier things have happened where people have lost their lives. What if we don't have to the end of the week? What if we don't have to the end of the night? Is Jesus in your boat? Where would you spend eternity? The Bible makes it clear. I read a scripture at Men's Supper last night, which we had a great time last night. I, I read a scripture where Jesus said, some will go to eternal life and some will go to eternal punishment. Yes, Jesus said that. If There is consequences for sin, but there's eternal blessings for being saved. 
So where would you spend eternity? If you say, Brandon, I'm not sure where I would spend eternity, whether it be eternal punishment or eternal life with the Lord, but I want to make sure tonight, if that's you, I just want to slip up you to slip up your hand, even if you're at home. I know we're a close-knit group in here tonight, but there may be somebody here that said, man, I want to be sure. I want to make sure that I'm right with the Lord. And I can't see you at home, but I'm believing there might be somebody at home right now that says, man, I want Jesus to come in my boat, to come into my life. If that's you at home, I just want you to pray something simple and in here, even if you hadn't raised your hand. Maybe you're like the prodigal son before we pray. Maybe you knew the Lord at one time, but you've walked away. You was in the Father's house, but you've walked away, and, 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 and now you realize you've been living in the pigsty of life, but you've come to your senses, or tonight you're coming to your senses, and you're turning back to the Lord. You say, Brandon, I'm still a far off away. I feel far away, but I want to turn back to the Lord and turn my eyes to Him. If that's you, nobody's looking around. I want you to slip up your hand and say, man, I feel like a prodigal. I've been away for a while. Even at home, I want you to slip up your hand, even though I can't see it. And we're going to pray together. Just say this. Say, Lord Jesus, Lord, I love you. And I know you love me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for forgiving me. I repent of my sin and I make you my Lord and Savior. Now give me the grace and give me the strength to live for you all the days of my life. Lord, draw me close to you through every storm that I go through. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. If you prayed that prayer online, amen. Yeah, come on, let's give the Lord some glory. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, there's a connect card right there online on Facebook. Click on that. Give us your information. We love to pray for you. Send you a Bible. You know, again, if you just came out of one or you're in a storm right now, he knows exactly where you at. He knows what storms are coming. And remember, he's actually already in it. Why don't you stand up with me? Let's just close in prayer tonight and I want to pray for you tonight just close your eyes with me one more time nobody's looking around but if you'd say Brandon I'm going through a storm right now in my life just lift your hands I want you to lift your hands and say man I'm, I'm dealing there's a storm brewing in my life as we speak there's hands going up all over the auditorium I want to pray for you tonight Father I pray for these with their hands raised I don't know what their particular storm is. And those at home, I'm believing. I know there's some people at home right now that are going through a storm, Lord God. I don't know exactly what that is. It might be emotional. It might be spiritual. It might be mental, physical, emotional. It might be financial. It, it might be about the storm that's out there right now. Whatever it may be, Lord, if it's worry or fear, Lord, I bind up that fear. I bind up that worry. And I just speak over my brothers and sisters that they would take courage, that they would take heart, and that they would know, Lord, that you are right here with them, Lord God. I pray that in the midst of their storm, they would draw closer to you like never before. Come on, just tell them right now. Say, Lord, draw me close. Let me know you like I've never known you. Come on, ask him to reveal himself to you. Lord, I pray that, that you would reveal yourself to us in all your glory through every storm of life, Lord God. That we would see you as the son of the most high God. That you are God. We would see you doing miraculous things like walking on the water, Lord God. Getting in our boat, stopping and calming the storm from within the storm. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that whatever storm we're in or may be about to go in, Lord, we don't know what's coming down. But you do. You're already there. Lord, I pray you would prepare our hearts, strengthen our hearts. Lord God, help us to be encouraged, full of your courage, your love, your peace, your grace, your stamina and endurance, Father God. 
We come against all fear, worry, anxiety, and we ask you to replace it with peace, power, and provision, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, God bless you. We love you. Uh, if you need specific prayer for anything, we'll be up here. If not, God bless you. Be safe. And the Lord willing, we'll see you Sunday. Amen.